Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update here on a Friday morning. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning to you. Uh, most of us, or at least the people who are paying attention to what's happening in Paris, are aware of the fact that there's now a standoff with the... Uh, with the murderers, with the terrorists from this week's episode. There's even a rumor, if in fact there is a hostage, and the Foreign Ministry of France can't confirm it yet, but there's a rumor that it's a that it could be somebody in a Jewish-owned business in northeast Paris. Is that a Jewish area, the northeastern portion of Paris? There are Jews in all areas. I don't know which part they refer to as northeast. There is a hostage, according to police, has confirmed that they... Uh that they have a hostage. Uh, it's not necessarily from that building. It was a printing uh, facility, uh. but they haven't identified it. One of the people killed, one of the cartoonists killed, was Jewish uh, in the original attack. And as you know, there was another attack on a policeman that has now been linked directly to uh, the uh, attack on the magazine headquarters. And we have to look at the broader context of, of what is happening in France, what this really means, and uh, what can be and has been done. There's so many angles to this story. You know, obviously, terror equals fear, etc., and we know that, and we know that's the goal of the terrorists. But when a... When freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of the press, you know, things that we really take for granted and that we think, you know, all are entitled to, when that's attacked directly, it hits the, the collective heart. This is a, this is a, a, an episode, a tragedy that has really garnered international pain and attention because it was a, again, a target of, of, uh, of terror that again is identified as one that stands for freedom, right? To one form of freedom, right? And, even though there are limits, even on speech, and, and uh, exemplified by yelling fire in a crowded theater, but here, this was a clearly satirical magazine, um, made fun of Jews, made fun of Christians, made fun of everyone. Uh, and if you have objections, there are ways you could pick it. You could do other things. Yeah. But this. Look at the record, and what I always point out that always they say, you know, isolated case. These guys decided on their own. Now we find out one was in Yemen. We find out that they may have had online connections. Al Qaeda ties. Um, and well, that would yeah, Al Qaeda in in Yemen, right? Uh, or this uh, sort of uh, uh, area that uh, that there is much more. And what we have seen in France generally, there are a thousand French supermarkets including some major changes uh, like Carrefour that have been selling Islamic books that openly call for jihad and killing of non-Muslims. You have uh, 60% of the prison population, which isn't that large in France, are identified with as Muslims. There are many other factors, including what I discussed here many years ago, the creation of these uh, ghettos where Christians and Jews can't live and the police don't go and that the uh, whole atmosphere of lawlessness and the number of incidents, the tens of thousands of, of acts of urban and civil violence, uh, makes it impossible to, to account for the large migration, not just of Jews, but of, of uh, young French people generally. The, the French population now in England is second only to France in Europe because of the migration of people in, in view of 
the domestic, the developments domestically, and the same is happening in other countries of Europe, which only further exaggerates the um, demographic imbalances that exist. But let's go back for a moment to the comment you made about isolation. We, we spoke about this last week. I expressed my frustration when people talk about isolated incidents, and there have been plenty in the U.S., and we know about Australia, Canada, etc. Um, we were discussing this yesterday. When does in let's say for a moment that the premise is that these are not isolated incidents and that everybody is linked in some way whether it's theology ideology um you know convincing uh, uh, you know one being convinced of the jihad etc and they act that way it is is however this incident much different because of the military style the preparedness the the planning of a conspiracy and the length to which they went to plan an attack like this does that make it much different than australia canada etc or not no, first of all, most of the incidents are not just haphazard. They weren't spur-of-the-moment uh, decisions. There are such cases, but uh, second, the, the, we know about the infrastructure in France, that, uh, and, and it goes on many levels, whether the preaching of imams, whether it's the, the uh, institutional infrastructure, the fact that you have probably a 1,000 French people fighting in Syria who are coming back and will come back in increasing numbers. Uh, in the future, and the French government essentially says they do not have control uh, over this, and they try to watch it, and the government has generally condemned uh, anti-Semitic incidents or other incidents, but the fact is that you haven't seen the kind of response on the part of police and others. Now you have raids all over France taking place all night. There was a period I reported a couple, three weeks ago two, uh, or two weeks ago uh, about raids around uh, across France because of the other, another terrorist attack and people arrested in 12 different places and that in Toulouse and uh, Nantes and other areas that were raids. So they know that this infrastructure exists and it's inevitable then that it's going to be expressed in these kind of attacks. Right, and I'm, but I'm sorry for being so obsessed with this point, but when the Cafe Australia occurs, when that episode occurs, isn't it a terrible mistake to look at it as an isolated episode? And, and, Absolutely. It is. And we were discussing, Henry Stimler was here yesterday. We love talking politics with him, knows a lot about Europe, etc. And, and he kept stressing how this was so different because of the nature of the attack. And I, I just think we have to view them as all being linked together. And, and whether it's because of theology and being convinced by a specific, you know, imam or leader to go ahead and carry out an attack, or if it is a planned military type operation like we saw this week in Paris, it's all the same. But a planned military operation to go into a, a magazine uh, office and kill people, but they call them by name um, because of the magazine. You know, you know the names of the people. The cartoonists sign their names. So I, I don't see that there's a qualitative difference yet pro proven, except for the fact that they had many arms. I know the car that they were driving still was filled with arms. They had they had the weapons, but. You're going to, you, you know, when it, when we see some of the attacks on American university campuses, where many more people were killed, the, the guys have, you know, high-powered weapons. It doesn't. Uh, I, I don't. I don't see that the difference in, in the quality of the event for the point that you're making right. about are there relationships, are there connections? Every time, every time. You discover that it's not just some guy right. in the you know middle of nowhere. That was the Ford Hood argument. That was the, that was what was so frustrating with the way Washington responded to the Ford Hood. Exactly, Malcolm. 
how can good win over evil in this case? We know that the that there's no real address, right? There's no leader of a country who's uh, who, who's out there, you know. Uh, uh, t- By the way, has there been any credit taken yet? Has any group even taken credit for this attack yet? No, most groups have disassociated. Um... So we don't even know who's claiming responsibility for this one. Forget about whether terror has an address or not. We, we, we haven't even been told by the other side, by the enemy, you know, who's responsible for it. Well, if they were in Yemen and they received training in Yemen, then it's al-Qaeda. Uh, the Houthis did not train them. Uh, not, not that they're any better, but, they, uh, but you, you see the calls today from leaders of ISIS, ISIL, and others that, that telling them, stay in your country and wreak havoc there. Right. Don't come because it's more difficult to get in because, the, you know, they're still recruiting hundreds and hundreds every month. New, new recruits are coming to, to fight. And the more extreme the fight, the more recruits they get and the beheadings continue. They don't even make headlines anymore. They don't even sometimes get reported anymore. When, when a terrorist is on the U.S. no-fly list, can they leave European countries? When they get to the airport? They just can't come to the United States. That's it. Uh, but I would think there would be shared intelligence where if, a, where if a guy like that showed up at any international airport, it would, it would raise a red flag. Well, they have been under surveillance in uh, France. They, 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 they were identified a long time ago by the police. Uh, and the question is, why weren't they being monitored more closely? But the, the question is, do the, the police have the resources to track thousands of people, perhaps maybe more? Do they have the intelligence set up? Do they devote the resources necessary? You, you saw when the synagogue was attacked how long it took for the police to get there. Yeah. They acknowledge that you have a thousand places in, in the, these uh, ghettos that were created where the police don't go, where lawlessness uh, uh, really reigns, and it's, it's their own domestic uh, control where a local imam or, or whoever, whatever the infrastructure there, authority figures there are, but they aren't the French police. All right, I hate to reiterate my, my frustrating question, but how, how does good win over evil in this case? I mean, I know historically we've had, you know, good has had a good track record when it's come to finally winning these things, but this one seems almost impossible. How, how is this going to turn into a, uh, into a victory for the good side? Well, the first thing is what we knew all along and that, and have said for perhaps 10 years on this program or more is that the government, the law enforcement, the, all the authority figures have to make a decision that they're going to confront this and they're going to call it for what it is. Look how many statements were made which will not identify that these guys came in and said, yelled Al-Akbar. That won't say who they are. They won't name it. If you can't name it you can't, and shame it and try to isolate it, those who are, are involved, and this is not the Muslim, the vast majority of Muslims in, in France, I'm sure, find it abhorrent and, and reject it. But you have an infrastructure that is increasingly radicalized, where the imams, who many of whom, by the way, trained in England, all these French people going to England, they don't know that many of these these, uh, imams uh, are trained there, where you have uh, the same process of radicalization taking place, uh, that first the, the Muslim community itself, its leadership, its religious leadership and other leadership have to start speaking out and, and some, acting on it. And some did. And and some did, absolutely. And, and I would believe that the vast majority of the Muslims would, you know, reject it. But they, you know, they tolerate uh, the same kind of caricatures and much worse about Israel or about Jews, no. even sometimes about Christians and others. 
they have to, we have to say there'll be zero tolerance for intolerance. There has to be real criminal charges. There has to be a willingness to act and sometimes act uh, with toughness and, and, you know, to protect a, a population. Israel gets criticized for saving its, its population from uh, overwhelming terrorists uh, around them, uh, odds, uh, and, and doing the right thing to protect and doing it in the most humane and, and uh, restrained way possible, but you have to act. And what? And what about the and major? Europe has not acted, and they will still not acknowledge it and say it and call. Right. It when what it is. when major media outlets, and in this case, I mean the New York Times, are most concerned with the Islamophobia that's being created by these situations, instead of doing what you just described, you know, the, the, openly saying who the enemy is and how to attack them. That, that's a big problem. That's a, and they're controlling a lot of the agenda. The media is controlling a lot of the agenda. That is what they are most concerned with, that it's leading to more Islamophobia. That should not be the focus this week. Well, you don't want to have people marching in the streets and, and, and attacking other people and, and uh, because somebody from... from uh, Understood. But, but <laughs> So that, that is concern because that can escalate. Look, I think uh, a lot of what people, you know, ripped me all week and saying, look, you know, you saw since the attack, um, here, France went out way out on the limb, and at Security Council voted for the Palestinian resolution, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and there is no linkage. It, it led to some people. It led to some people blaming the Mossad for the episode. I'm sure you saw that ridiculous. Well, it's not a lot. It was just a, a right. group of wacko BDS right. people, a small group. It's not. That was not. I know. It did not did not permeate the media, and but it got publicity. So I figured no, I'd no mention it. Right. Conspiratorial right. theorists yet yet. And I have no doubt that we will see uh, uh, much more of it. Uh, but, you know, and then they use it sometimes to justify and say, talk about the frustrations, talk about, you know, the political issues, talk about other things. One of the factors that I think drives the Hollande, the president of France, and, and, and the position that they took, by the way, they've been critical now of the Palestinians going back for the second round, which we expect. Uh, soon at the Security Council trying again to pass a resolution to force the U.S. to veto, um, is that he's looking at the next election. And Muslims, who are more than 10% of the population, and some have estimated could be 14, 15% of the electorate, but even 10% of the electorate, that is huge in, in a tight race. And now uh, Le Pen has surged oh. ahead in the domestic election. So you see that backlash occurring. Right. That, that was one of our focuses of yesterday. It's going to happen in, in so many European countries, right? Well, it is happening. Right. You see the far right, and, see, and, right. and we can't draw much comfort because you got extremists in those groups, too, yep. who espouse philosophies and ideas that are not acceptable. But you see the backlash. It exactly creates the, the atmosphere we just we discussed and the possible consequences, and then you spiral out of control. So the first thing is that the Muslim community itself has to act. They have to stop. They have to change the educational system. They have to see messages of tolerance and have to see that things that appear on the Internet go after the sources of it, isolate them, cut them out, and, and the law enforcement has to act more aggressively and, and not just at the time of an event and then for a week after, like at a synagogue. So for three days, everybody says, right. oh, how but, terrible, how terrible. But all that type of change could take generations. You know how long that could take. It, it, no, but you can have action now. Action that, for instance, starts to root out finding out where weapons are and starting confiscating, uh, to, to really confiscate them on a nationwide basis. How come they could carry out all those raids in, uh, in two, two weeks ago and now, 
and identifying that there are, they know the people all around the country just as they knew these two guys. They had them under under surveillance at some point. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we're being bombarded with photos of uh, screenshots of all these different television stations that are in fact reporting that there is a hostage situation at a kosher supermarket in East Paris as we speak. I have no idea what's confirmed and what's not, but that uh, that report continues to uh, um, be shared with people around the world. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard and listeners sponsored, WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Special hello to those tuned in on the NSN app around the world and are seriously using the app to comment right now. A lot of people letting us know about the situation in Paris, or at least what they're hearing uh, on the app right now. You know, I, It's interesting how this seeped into Israeli politics, and normally I wouldn't bring this up because I don't know if it would be appropriate, but I just thought I, I just thought it was so well-deserved. You know, Tzipi Livni, um, <laughs> she makes a statement how they don't talk or reconcile with terrorism. And this is this is the and I'm glad Naftali Bennett pointed it out. This is the chief Israeli politician when it comes to negotiation, when it comes to sitting at the table with people like this. Did did you find that a little bit contradictory when she came out with that statement? Uh, look, first of all, in the political season, everything goes. Second of all, uh, I, I think that is the policy of the government of Israel. It always has been, and a part of everybody talks about it. The question is the execution and. Uh, how you how you act? You see how the international community cuts Israel no slack. What we saw at the in, uh, this week at the Security Council. Now the threats about the international criminal uh, court, where you have a, a prosecutor who, who, who still talks about the occupation in Gaza, and and despite the fact that you don't have a single soldier, but she says it. And and when asked why, she said because the international community says so. So you have a, an international community that doesn't care about the rules of international law, doesn't care about the reality on the ground, and and engages, I mean, it simply targets Israel out of all proportion and and without justification, and that also gives license, that if they see that they can win in the international community, if they see ISIS's uh, successes and and how the, the world's, Lack of reaction. It's an it's an a further inducement for guys to say we're not going to pay a price. Well, is this all Ban Ki Moon? Did he unilaterally get this through to uh, to allow Palestine to um, pursue war crime allegations against Israel? No, absolutely not. Well, it certainly seems that way because without him, he w- he wouldn't. He, didn't he go ahead and allow them to join the ICC or declare at least that in April they'll be able to join? That's a good question. So. First, let's look at the process. Uh, first, the ICC, the, what happened in the Security Council was a separate matter. That's the vote right. of the members of the Security Council. Correct, and I thought that that killed the whole thing. Pardon me? I thought that killed the whole thing. They couldn't go to the ICC after that. No, to go to ICC is a separate agency. This is These are two separate tracks completely. Going to the Security Council uh, means that somebody has to introduce a resolution because the PA is not a member of the Security Council. Right, so the U.S. vetoed that. UN. They are. Uh, uh, they have the status similar to Vatican or others uh, in in the UN. So they went through Jordan, etc. The ICC means that it's simply they have to apply. Now the question is, uh, can they? Do they qualify? The, IC, the International Criminal Court is only for states. Right. So the United States and others argue, and Israel argued that 
they're, they're not a member state then. They're not a state. How do they... Right. Without Ban Ki-moon, they could not have possibly well, been pushed through, well, right? Well, 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 no. What Ban Ki-moon did was a procedural thing. It was not a... He did not uh, comment on the legitimacy of the move or anything else. He simply did what... When they apply, he has to... He hands in the application. He can't stop it. That this is a purely procedural step that he took. To allow it for... He issued a statement, if you look... After the announcement, he issued a statement saying, I'm not commenting on the legitimacy of what they're trying to do. Right, but meaning his procedure then calls for a vote. What is the procedure after his procedure? Okay, so now uh, the application goes to, he, he approved the ability of them to go. Now the ICC has to rule, do they, A, have a, a legitimate, do they have the legitimate standing? Can they become a member? Right. Because they're not a state and... By April 1st, they will access because the International Criminal Court is saying that we will let them at least apply and then we'll decide. But they have a, a lot of decisions uh, to make in this process. One is they can say Israel, if, if in fact Israel can show that it is has an independent judiciary, credibility, uh, uh, legitimacy ascribed to, to it, then the International Criminal Court jurisdiction is limited. Uh, it's meant to go after war crimes against countries that don't have judiciaries that investigate itself. No country investigates itself more than Israel. Is the United yeah, States... To, is, let me just finish. This. I know, but I need to know if they're going to have to execute some type of veto in order to keep them out. No. It, it won't go through even without a U.S. veto? But you're mixing two things. The Internet, the no, I Security I know, Council, but does when they it, come back to the Security Council, it's going to require... A U.S. veto. Understood. There's but no veto. The United States is not a member of the International Criminal Court. Ah, so they have no influence. Or is Israel. I got you. And, uh, but the, the veto will be necessary next time at the Security Council right. because the change in membership on January 1st, in the, and Malaysia became a member, Venezuela became a member, so the likelihood of getting nine votes has increased. So the question was, why did Abbas then push it when right. he knew that the change was taking place? Uh, that we discussed last week. And right. why he pushed it right. right. So that's a separate track completely. Now, let's go back to the International Criminal Court. You have the Rome Statute. That it, that the Palestinians signed on to it. So that is preliminary to joining. And the um, what the Secretary State, uh, Secretary General's office essentially did was to say, "Okay, we received the you know this and pass it on to the ICC." The um, uh, and I, I well, the role that they played in the in the uh, Security Council is a separate uh, topic. So mm -hmm. they issued a statement saying, "We're not judging or not anything else. We're just doing what is essentially a procedural uh, step." The, the going to the International Criminal Court can backfire easily, and that means that if, the, if they're recognized, they too then, as a member state, then war crimes can, charges can be brought against them. Yeah, Israel will be able to defend the cases, hopefully even in such a biased institution, um, but the, uh, the, they will present evidence of the real war crimes, which are Hamas and, and the Islamic Jihad. Then you have also the debate because, you, you know, uh, a fifth to a third of the people in the West Bank who are employed work in Israel. And you, you could have consequences of many kinds that will uh, be affected. The international community gives about $900 million to the Palestinians, meaning the Europeans primarily, and the United States about $440 million. Israel transfers $1.8 They held up the transfer. So that could be 
a big issue, and it's because of money that they owe for That happened over last weekend. They haven't changed? They haven't caved in yet on that? <laughs> no. no I'm, I'm being serious. Like, it's, this is not a day-to-day thing. Like, this is going to be... They will, eventually, because the question is, do you want to see the PA collapse? Right. Because then the responsibility by... Most opinions falls back on Israel. Right, of course, right. to have to pick up the pieces and and pick up the bills and uh, etc. So uh, and the United States lawmakers that want to make sure that if in fact the uh, the PA continues this push for the ICC that they will have all financial aid cut off. That's unrealistic, right? No, it is the law. That's the law. It is the that law. Only already. only if they pursue it. No. So the the difference is the it's it's. Um, there, are, there is a debate about when does the law kick in. Right. At what step in the process? Right. There has to be a ready judicial process, or is it just the application? Right. What, what, is the pers- what does pursuit law? mean? Is the question. Now, so the question is whether you have additional legislation that would expand it. But the legislation is there to cut off the aid if they go ahead. And I think the, the votes in Congress are there. I don't think the administration, which would would not favor it. And, the, again, the fear on some part is that you cut off all the aid. A, you're driving it to, to the more to extreme to get money from others, but more importantly, you can lead to the collapse. And what happens when they can't pay the security guys and then security cooperation with Israel collapses? And the fact is that it still works and, and is important. I'm just saying people tend to look at these things very simply and say, cut off all the aid, cut off everything else. But you've got to think about what the ramifications are, which is why Israel, even when they cut the aid in your comments earlier, was about that. They, right. they restore it. They restore it because of the practicalities. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Otherwise it becomes Israel's burden. It becomes Israel's burden. And again, the important point for in terms of Israel being brought there is that if you have a, a, a reliable legal system, they don't have uh, um, jurisdiction and the uh, Fatou uh, Bensouda, who is the prosecutor, has a lot of, uh, a a big range of of, uh, capabilities in making decisions in this, but they are overwhelmed. They have a limited staff. The the ICC itself doesn't want to be put on trial, which is essentially what would happen. And, um, you know, they've, uh, they've used the general, in the definitions, they use General Assembly resolutions and not legal precedents. The legal precedents come down very much on Israel's side in this regard. Uh, in Paris, uh, many, many news outlets now saying there are five hostages in a grocery store in Paris being held by the terrorists, and that's the hostage situation, or the main one that's been making the headlines. And for some reason, again, these rumors in our community continue worldwide that it's, uh, that there is some relationship between that grocery store and the Jewish community of Paris. I guess more details will be coming up, and we pray for the safety of everybody, especially the innocent people in this episode. Uh, you saw the bump that Lee Kud got after the primary battle last week? In terms of seats, uh, projected seats in the next Knesset, it, it will continue, as you know. Israeli politics, as unpredictable as they are, but now they're in first place, according Cologne to the polls. Was up, you know, in double digits. Now he's below ten. Right. Um, the Labor Party going ahead of Likud, behind Likud, ahead of Likud. Uh, Shas's internal divisions. The, um, you know, the the jockeying between a few key parties. Uh, but it's two months away. There are going to be a million changes taking place. We also have to see all, all the lists. You know, you saw Netanyahu this week um, put it out on, on the Internet about who he should fill the two 
open slots that are designated for him to to fill. Um, <laughs> Fagelin's breaking and announcing that he's going to have a party, and then others saying that maybe he should give Fagelin one of those spots. He well, it's really unclear. Phil. To get Fagelin it's, out of there. It's unclear Fagelin's going to form his own party, right? It's like we're not a hundred percent sure that that's his. That that's where he's uh, going. Often this is a, a leverage, and remember, you have to get at least four seats right. to get into the Knesset. Now. Right, the number of votes that would equal four seats. Right, right. But if you don't get that, those those the threshold essentially yeah. are wasted. They're divided amongst the existing parties. Why would BB cave in now and put him on the list? I don't get that. Or make a deal? You mean for his voters? Right, and to to try to silence uh, the opposition right. because he made some comments about positive comments about how he's influenced and etc. But but that's a sop to a, a constituency. Oh, so this whole thing on Monday, Fagelin's big uh, bravado, actually might just be a uh, a threat to Bibi. You know, take me back, so to speak. Right. You mean about announcing another party? Yeah. And resigning from the Likud. Yeah. I mean, he was very dramatic about it, and you know, remember he, he didn't get the support from, right. from the Likud. So and now that you're already isolating, cut out in in. Uh, in that. But by the way, just one thing I, w- I wanted to mention. If you want the answer to the question about what should be done, read the president of Egypt's speech where he lays out what needs to be done. And he said that Islam needs a reform. He said that uh, there has to be new thinking, uh, Islamic thinking. And he said it's antagonizing the world. He said, well, 1.6 billion people want to kill 7 billion the rest of the population, so that they can live. He said it's impossible, and we need our own revolution, a religious revolution. And I think people should read that, and you know that he attended for the first time ever uh, a mass at a Coptic church and was cheered there and, and welcomed there. That's not something, you know, the press here gives much coverage to, and uh, they still criticize him and talk about, you know, the human rights, but here the guy made a... a, a speech of, of such consequence and importance. So that's the answer. He, he's offering the formula for what could be done. And we know that, and we know from his predecessors that he's putting in li- his life in danger by doing all this. 100%. Um, would if, I think if he didn't realize that this could go down well, and you know, he, he is trying to take control, and Egypt is the place where you have the most foreign investment, I think, in the Middle East today, of the Arab countries. How different than two years ago in Egypt, you know? Exactly right. Think about what the consequences are still with Gaza, with others, and he still continues to take on Hamas. His unfortunate thing is he has a lot of problems with uh, Libya, where you have cross-border raids, where you have the increasing Islamization and the presence of ISIL and uh, al-Qaeda and other groups. uh, What is the status of the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt now? They're still there. Don't forget, they have a deep infrastructure. It goes back to the 1820s. They are the mother group of all of the Islamist groups. And, uh, you know, they are, uh, they are very present. I mean, as, they're members of government, no? Muslim Brotherhood has representation in the Egyptian government, right? They had representation in the parliament, but he's outlawed them, so. Ah, so that it's as if they were just tossed out of the parliament, essentially. Tossed out of everything, right. but he's isolated them. No, but that, that's what surprises, uh, what surprises me is that he's still alive in that case, you know what I mean? And, and, and also, you know, how long we talked about what happened in Yemen. Now people are seeing it somewhat, especially the fact that one of these guys went. Well, remember what I asked you last week. When it comes to Yemen, if you're a newsreader, you can't decide whether they're good guys. They can't, they can't decide if they're terrorists or not or who they're siding with. You know, like it just, 
Well, well, you have two sides in Yemen, and both right. are bad. You point that out to us. Al-Qaeda and the, and the Houthis, but... Um, so, so the you know the situation there and the threat to take over the straits. It's the Egyptians who said we will go to war over it. The West didn't say we'll go to war if you try to do it. The Egyptians who went to war with Yemen in, in the past over this uh, said we're not going to tolerate it. And if you notice, they haven't moved to take over the, the, the straits. Right. A lot of reasons, and the U.S. is is somewhat active there now, or in minimal ways, I think. But uh, the Houthis now are moving in the uh, in the Sana governate the area of Sana to take over the military sites which have long range missiles that could hit many of the Gulf states. Unbelievable! What's going on? What do you think of the Barbara Boxer announcement that she'll be retiring? It was anticipated, and uh, as you know, the Democrats uh, lost control and don't see themselves coming back into control so for many becomes a disincentive for uh do you think the next senator from california will be a jewish woman <laughs> um, odds are low <laughs> it's uh, could you imagine two u.s senators from california they're both jewish women i think elected really close to each other right or it wasn't the same you know it couldn't have been the same year but it wasn't the same year but right. very they, they, am i right like close yes like almost back to that a long time she's been in Congress a very long time, uh, as has Diane Feinstein. Yeah. Well, Boxer, I think, was a senator like a year after she entered Congress. I think right away after the first term uh, ran I for second. Yeah, first second. second term, right. Unbelievable. Uh, well, there you have it. Um, the, oh, we haven't even... I know. We haven't touched the service. <laughs> the the, 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 the standoff the... continues. Manpower is not an issue, right? You, I mean, the, the, France has as much military manpower as necessary to throw at these guys at this point. No, they don't have as much manpower and infrastructure, uh, et cetera, as they should to to be able to to address it. And when the police announce and say that they that these areas they don't go to, then you understand it's it's um, it, the capacity is limited, and you have other countries where you have virtually no capacity. And you don't have the investment. I don't want to name names because I don't want to start. The next time there's an attack, then they'll blame me for having yeah. exposed them. But I can tell you they are European countries, and we do a lot of work with the security. The Jewish community is well organized uh, and has uh, infrastructure and does work with the, the government. And the government you know, does condemn every time these attacks, and they do speak out uh, uh, on it. But the um, you know the tolerance for so much of what has gone on and how whole areas, whether in Germany or in France or even in England, and, and uh, where the educational systems are co- corrupted, where you have imams who are preaching violent messages, where you have uh, the lawlessness, it's, it's got to be stopped because it's, it's a cancer and it keeps growing and it will inevitably continue to grow. And if the focus is going to be Israel and them going to the international court, rather than focusing on the the real sources of, of instability and the, the dangers that, that exist, and Iran continuing to get away with expanding its role, whether in, in Iraq, whether in Syria, whether in, 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 in Sudan or Yemen. Uh, there are reports that they're cutting Hezbollah, but we know that they're, they're pouring weapons into Syria, into Iraq. They have uh, their own troops there. They're expanding their influence all the time, which can only further uh, destabilize. Sisi of Egypt gets criticized. And Khamenei can say everything and tell us what he's doing and do all these terrible things. 
and and not get get isolated and the international community act against him or Erdogan or, or others who are radicalizing their own populations and helping others who, who engage in this uh, activity also. No question. And it has all ramifications in terms of the PA, in terms of uh, yeah. of the cell groups that operate in and around Israel. And God, Israel's acting, and but, but uh, just one thing again about the north, in Israel's north, where people have to focus attention. The Israelis are obviously uh, focusing more attention, but you have uh, the ISIL and al-Nusra and others operating. The Hezbollah, we know that the IRGC is located, it has presence there in the, in Lebanon, and if they want to stoke the fires and want to steam things up, it's very easy to do. All right, Malcolm, we'll reconvene next week. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We pray for those who are... Uh in that hostage situation, and may the uh, those who were murdered this week in Paris, may their uh, murder, may their death not be in vain. Hopefully, the uh, the world will wake up and uh, and act accordingly against the uh, the evil of uh, this world.